You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. I was walking through the halls of a Minnesota rink. When along came a wild fan who started talking smack to me. He said, I bet you never liked the blues until they won a cup. And so I calmly turned to him and said, hey man, listen up. I admit it's pretty great to win Lord Stanley's prize, but listen. I've been waiting for this moment my whole life. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Yes, sir, I'm a blues fan. Heartbreak's all I knew, man. That team from old St. Lou, man. Got a cup in here, 52, man. Give me a let's go blues. I know Federico, Turnbull, Gilmore, Brown, Channel, Bothwell, Baybitch, Mahar, Mullen, Millen, Sutter, Pedersen, Pavisi, Curry, Zuckley, Uther, Hunter, Schofield, Reeves, Ramage, Kia, Dunlop, Wickenheiser, Crombie, Benning, Raglan, Ewan, Nicoletti, Ramage, Romney, Pavlovsky, Evans, Cavallini, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, yes sir, I'm a blues fan, heartbreak's all my new man, that team from old St. Lou, man, got a cup in here, 52, man, give me a let's go blues. <laughs> Hello and welcome to Blue Notes, based in the best city in the Mississippi, the best in the Midwest, better than all the rest. We've got that Stanley Cup power, too sweet to be sour. And if you're still clueless, I'm talking about St. Louis. Uh, we are your home for Blues coverage on the Hockey Podcast Network. I'm your host, Tom Franklin, joining you each and every week here. Uh, now we're doing streaming live thanks to StreamYard, so you might notice the aesthetics look a little bit different uh, this time around. Uh, we got a new program here that will hopefully uh, enable us to uh, stream in better quality. That's a little easier to manage than our previous software that was kind of clunky. And then we also have the ability to read your comments on Facebook, on Twitter, on YouTube, on the air. And we can actually show them to you as well. So if you want to message us on any one of those platforms we're streaming on right now, if you're watching this, um, please feel free to do so. Of course, this episode will be released on Monday, just like every Monday on the Hockey Podcast Network on your favorite uh, podcast platform. So just search for us in iTunes, Spotify, uh, wherever you get your podcasts from. Just search for Blue Notes, and we will be there. It is just me this week. We, uh, we sacrificed wax to the hockey gods to uh, get not one, not two, but three notable Blues figures on this episode of Blue Notes. Actually, we didn't sacrifice Wax. He, uh, he went under the knife this past week, and uh, the surgery went very well. He's very thankful for your support, and uh, hopefully he will be back soon. Uh, we were going to have Trainwreck on uh, with me this week to talk some Blues hockey, but uh, it was his birthday, and uh, his girlfriend surprised him with a trip to Denver. Of course, he lives in New Orleans, so... Uh, uh, big, big weekend for him. Happy birthday, Trainwreck. We'll have you again uh, probably next week and even beyond. Uh, but it's just me this time around. So 
Uh, again, you can find us at Blue Notes Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. We just started that this week, and on Twitch at Blue Notes Pod. Also, we're on YouTube, but you know, unless you're you know really famous, they won't let you change your URL on YouTube. So you'll just have to search for us on YouTube until we you know get famous enough to have our own custom URL. Um, so we have uh, some things coming up uh, in the future for you here on Blue Notes. One of those things we are getting some new merch. And uh, we have a new provider for our merch. Uh, I'm not ready to uh, really bust down the doors of that quite yet, just because we're waiting on a thing or two from um, our uh, higher-ups of the Hockey Podcast Network. Um, we're doing this on our own, and it's going to feature all our new branding, our new logos, um, things like that. I hope to have something to show off to you uh, next week. I'm hoping to get something in the mail from them this week, a sample, and uh um let's just say that uh if it is as good as i think it is you're gonna want this it's i love our i love the new color scheme that we have here it's that retro you know blue and yellow that the blues had in the uh you know in the 70s and the early goings that we had in the uh the winter classic and uh you're gonna it, it looks really good in my opinion on our merchandise but in the meantime our current uh, store at what for apparel is still up if you want to get the classic blue notes merch you can go there links in the uh description below so who do we have on this week well uh, if you can't read behind me the first guest here we have jeremy boyer the blues organist the longtime blues organist and you may have seen jeremy doing some organ duties on uh, from home during the uh, bubble playoffs uh, of course he couldn't be at enterprise center to do him but i thought got to talk to him about a little, little about that and just kind of like how how does one become a blues organist? You know, that's is that it's not like something you go to your guidance counselor in high school and say, "Hey, I want to be a blues organist." Well, you know, it doesn't quite uh, quite work out that way. So we talked to him a little bit about that. Um, we have our boss Isha Jerome checking in, well, one of them anyway, saying, "What a setup!" Uh, of course, Isha helping make what you're seeing here uh, all possible. So thank you very much, Isha. Uh, Dylan calling me a beauty, which actually is not true. I just shaved and I got a little red from my, my skin's a little sensitive from shaving. So you might see a little, little blotch here or there. So, but Dylan, I appreciate the compliment. Thank you so much. Um, no, uh, Wags did not get a vasectomy. Uh, he got the, uh, guts stomach version of that, I guess, if you will. Um, but he's recuperating at home. He's uh, doing well, you know, I guess, as well as he can right now when you have, you know, part of your intestines taken out of you. So he's uh, he's on the mend. Um, I don't know if we'll have him next week. We might. Um, but uh, in the meantime, just, you know, any thoughts and prayers, uh, you know, we appreciate it here on Blue Notes. And. Again, we have Jeremy Boyer coming up. Now, we also see here we have Bob Plager and Barrett Jackman. You will hear Bob Plager and Barrett Jackman on this episode. I wish I could say I took credit for interviewing them, but I did not. Uh, my colleague at KMOX, Tom Ackerman, you know him, you know, longtime uh, pregame and postgame voice of the Cardinals and just a KMOX icon for the past couple decades. Uh, I went to him this week and I said, hey, I really liked your garage happy hour interview with uh, Bob Plager and Barrett Jackman. Do you mind if I run some of that on Blue Notes? And he said, absolutely. I want I want people to watch the, the, these garage happy hours. Basically, it's Tom Ackerman sitting in his garage having a beer with you and talking to guests. And it's uh, it's just a good, fun, chill thing that he started 
uh, during the pandemic. Of course, Tom Ackerman, if you've ever seen him or met him, you know he's one of the nicest guys in St. Louis media. So he was a big calming voice during you know the initial days of the pandemic. And you know he was able to have some big stars on, and that includes this past Thursday when he had uh, Barrett Jackman and Bob Lager. So we'll play some of that towards the end of the episode. Uh, meantime, in the uh, playoffs, we have uh, the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they uh, are now up three games to one. That game just finished right before recording. Pat Maroon, the hometown hero, getting a uh, empty net goal at the end. It was nice to see him get on the scoreboard here. Hang on just a second here. Sorry about that. I had to. My cat decided to uh, become a part of the broadcast, or at least try to become part of the broadcast by uh, knocking my camera off. You know, I have a little webcam, and he decided, you know what, that wire would be just really tasty. So I uh, apologize for that little uh, jitter you just had there. Um, but uh, regardless, um, so Tampa Bay is up 3-1. to one. On the other side, you have the Dallas Stars, who are up uh, three games to one on Vegas. A surprise for me, but a, not, a, not a big surprise for some. I know Wags was very uh, heavy on the Stars uh, going into the conference finals. He predicted them to win in seven. Um, I still think Vegas will take at least one more game. Uh, but you've got to be impressed with how Dallas has looked these playoffs so far. I mean, you know, and, and, and as a Blues fan, you know, I don't have any I don't have anything against the Stars at all. You know, I gained a lot of respect for them in the past couple of years. You know, 2018, when I went to Dallas, the fans treated me well. And then 2019 as well, um, you know, during that whole, you know, cup run, you know, it just it just felt like two warriors going at it, you know, and I, I gained respect from them, you know, from that series. Asa Lindell side, of course. But uh, I feel really, you know, if, if it ends up being Dallas in the finals, you know, Vegas is kind of my second team. Dallas might be like my number three or four team. I'm happy if Dallas goes on. I think that fan base has uh, waited long enough. I think uh, Anton Kadobin is becoming a big story of this playoffs, you know, which is which is surprising to think about when you think of the Dallas Stars. You know, us St. Louisans, we know Dallas, uh, you know, be, partly because of Ben Bishop, you know, the pride of Chaminade High School. He's been missing. He's been MIA. You can put him put his face on a milk cart in this playoffs. It's been all Anton Kadobin, and he's been a big story this playoffs, even at the expense of the St. Louis kid. And then of course, Tampa, you still have Maroon and Kevin Shattenkirk, a couple former blues. So it looks like the blues will be well represented in the Stanley cup final uh, this year. And next episode, we will talk about that. Uh, hopefully these series don't wrap up before then. So the Stanley cup will start after our next episode. We'll see about that. Of course, of course, I don't want anyone to wait for hockey, you know, period. I love, you know, it's going to be, I love hockey. It's going to be a little while before we, you know, a few months before we get the regular season for the NHL, which looks like might be sometime in December. So enjoy the hockey while it lasts. Uh, speaking of uh, former Blues, uh, we have uh, the 2019 Stanley Cup Championship reunion going on in Montreal. Um, this week, uh, Joel Edmondson was traded uh, by the Carolina Hurricanes to the Montreal Canadiens for a fifth-round pick. And that kind of surprised me a little bit. Um, he's an unrestricted free agent, so he could still go to free agency, but I think Montreal's keen on signing him. Um, it, it's remember the back in, you know, like the late 2000, like nineties, early two thousands, uh, when you would have dra uh, trade rights being traded from, you know, team to team, 
you know, like you would have like I think like Mike Richter was a Nashville Predator technically for a couple days because they traded for his rights, you know, to try to sign him before it goes to free agency. Well, kind of a throwback deal here. And, you know, Montreal's got a lot of cap room. They've needed a, a lot more beef on their defense in general. And they need more talent on their defense in general. Um, and they got a lot of cap room to to make some moves at the expense of other teams. You know, they got Jake Allen on the cheap uh, for a third-round pick, and now they get Edmondson on the cheap for a fifth-round pick. This is going to be one of those off-seasons where, you know, did you see the Minnesota Wild trade the other day where they uh, got uh, 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 Bukestad, uh, Nicholas Bukestad from, from Pittsburgh, his name was escaping me, uh, for nothing, and they covered half his salary? You're going to see a lot of those deals this offseason, and I, I don't know if the Blues are going to be on the wrong end of those. I hope that uh, someone like a Tyler Bozak might, you know, we can get his money off the books completely, you know, but we'll it's we'll have to see. This has been already a fairly unpredictable offseason, and we're not even in the offseason yet. We're still in the conference finals. Um, but I, the Edmondson trade surprised me because I thought Edmondson was doing well. But uh, it turns out uh, that uh, Joel Edmondson does not have fans in the analytics community. We're going to take a look at a uh, uh, recent uh, graphic by uh, Jay Fresh Hockey, uh, who is a uh, good guy to follow if you're into hockey analytics on Twitter. Uh, as you can see on the bottom, he's at uh, Jay Fresh Hockey. Um, he's not a fan of Joel Edmondson. It's, it's very fair to say and, in fact, I'll go ahead and read his complete tweet whenever he uh, um, released this here. It's, it's this whole string of tweets, and uh, you, would, you, you would have thought that Edmondson ran over his cat or something. Joe Edmondson, UFA rights acquired by Montreal, was one of the worst defensemen in the league this season. He would likely be the worst left-handed defenseman on the Canadians by a sizable margin. Ouch. He continues... Evolving Wild project him at roughly three-year, $3.9 million contract. I doubt that's the number, but I would stay away regardless of the cap hit, especially considering that all of Mete, Kulak, and Chariot have been much better than him, all left-handed defensemen for the Canadians. Continuing, this was exactly the kind of solving a problem you don't actually have move that I expected the Habs to try to make. Their left defense is not the problem. Fans should hope negotiations fall apart here. Good grief. Um, and then continuing, also that 18-19 bump looks pretty good until you realize that it's the only even okay season of his career so far. And you can see that in uh, the graphics on the image that you can see on the screen right now. Um, and then he finishes off this uh, complete evisceration of Joel Edmondson um, by quoting uh, Jack Hahn at Jahan HKY, uh, former assistant coach and a current NHL analyst. Uh, some non-metrics on Edmondson. Very little patience with the puck. Off the glass as soon as he sniffs pressure. Defense, defense skating is exploitable by skilled players. Wanders all over the ice in Carolina instead of supporting teammates in predictable spots. Now, those last two sentences evokes some memories from me when it comes to Joel Edmondson. And it makes me remember one of the reasons why he uh, was scratched a couple times during the Stanley Cup final itself and thus became expendable. He is not the greatest skater. I think Blues fans, we all know Joel Edmondson had the mobility of a tree 
sometimes. He's as physical as a tree, he's as sturdy as a, as a tree, but he sometimes moved like a tree. Kind of reminded me a little bit of Hal Gill at times, honestly. He was that slow. And he also tended to be out of position quite a bit, whether it was on offense or whether it was on defense. Uh, he was a big, he's still a big physical defenseman that, you know, can clear space in front of the net. You just have to keep him in front of the net and not have him wandering off in, you know, la-la land somewhere. Positioning was an issue with him, and uh, his skating was an issue as well. He's not going. He's not a franchise defenseman. I, I think it's fair to say that, and I don't, um, you know, I, I. But at the same time, I, guys like him, you need in the NHL. You need physical guys that can, you know, mix it up a little bit, play with some sandpaper, as they say. And uh, I, I know our uh, Hurricanes host, uh, host uh, uh, Zach Tompkins uh, from the Siren Sounder podcast and the Hockey Podcast Network. You know, he talked a little bit about, about, about Evanson with me, and he said the trade took him by surprise uh, because he thought that he had acclimated pretty well in Carolina. And that's what I thought as well. I thought Hurricanes fans really, really liked him. But um, I guess, you know, with the pandemic and uh, everything that's going on, um, you know, Carolina only had X amount of dollars to move around and uh, had to someone had to go and it ends up uh, being uh, Edmondson. So um, he is joining Probably will sign with the Montreal Canadiens. Will join Jake Allen as the uh, championship DNA, so to speak, um, as our friends at Habs uh, Habs Nightly would like to tell us anyway to try to get some championship um, prestige on that team. So we'll see how that goes. Uh, other notes on free agency: uh, the Blues were signed Jacob Delarose this week to a one-year, seven hundred thousand dollar contract. Okay, I guess fine. He's depth. He is absolute league minimum. Um, he just, he did not wow me at all. And I guess that's his style. He's a very boring defensive player. He won't put any stats up on the stat sheet at all. Um, but he plays with some grit and sandpaper, and they like that. You know, if you're, if you're going to be a depth forward, it's, it's a lot better to be a depth forward that can bang than a depth forward that can maybe put 10 goals in the net and not do much else, you know? So um, he is what he is, and he is a $700,000 player. Uh, and also Jeremy Rutherford reporting uh, from the Athletic reporting this week that no progress between the Blues and Alex Petrangelo. So that roller coaster uh, continues as I take Joel Edmondson off the screen there. There you go. Uh, au revoir, Joel Edmondson. Um, but Petrangelo. You know, I keep going back and forth on whether or not he's staying, whether he's going. You know, it's really hard to read the tea leaves on this one, guys. It, it, it really is. Um, at this point, I think he's going to test free agency. I think if, if, if he was more open to a St. Louis return, the news would not be so bleak coming from Jeremy Rutherford. You know, there'd be some talk about how they're they're working towards a compromise, which I think was... Doug Armstrong's quote earlier, uh, but we're not getting that right now. Uh, so we we can only go with what we know. You know, Doug Armstrong is not one to negotiate things these things in the media. I don't think Petrangelo wants that circus either. So you're we're we're, we're getting breadcrumbs here. We're not we're not getting you know the, the the full steak dinner here when it comes to the negotiations between the Blues and Petrangelo. So we just gotta wait it out. We just gotta see what happens here. But if I had to guess, I think Petro sees what's out there at the very least. It wouldn't surprise me if he still comes back. 
It would not surprise me at all. And the Blues have made at least one move towards that happening. So we'll see uh, what what happens with uh, Petro. Uh, I know I know a guy that has uh, an opinion or two on Petrangelo and just uh, free agency in general. Uh, he hails from Hawaii. He is the one, the only Hawaii Blues fan, Guy Bensing. And let's go ahead and hear his Aloha commentary. Aloha, Tom and Wang. This is Guy, the Hawaii Blues fan, host of the Blue Note Fan Report on YouTube. And this is my Aloha commentary. First things first, Wags, man. I hope you're getting better. I know you had surgery. Uh, keep pushing, brother. Uh, we can't wait to get you back. Uh, miss you, my friend. Love you and miss you. See you soon. Well, the NHL playoffs are in full swing. They're into the conference finals, game five and four, the East and Western Conference Finals, respectively. And it really got me to thinking about the Blues and what's going on. Dallas is up on Vegas, three to one. They are one win away, one win away from advancing to the Stanley Cup Finals. Wow, one win away. At the beginning of the season, Dallas made some moves that a lot of people had scratching their head. They signed Joel Pawlowski, aging veteran. But look at him now. They're looking pretty smart. So with that being said, what do the Blues do? Well, Armstrong in the past is a us. He's made good moves. He's made bad moves. And the NHL has come out and said that the draft will be the fifth and the sixth, and free agency will start on the 9th. Could be the 7th, but I think it's the 9th of October. Now, if you're Armstrong, your number one most important question is Petrangelo. What do you do with Petrangelo? Well, I think you've got to look at this. If he's gone, and he more than likely is, how do you replace him? And that got me thinking about Moneyball. Moneyball? Yeah, that's right. Moneyball and baseball. In the movie Moneyball, they talked about having to replace Jason Giambi. Well, the statement back to that was, you can't replace Jason Giambi, but maybe you can replace his numbers. So that got me thinking about Petrangelo's numbers, and I pulled them up, and I'm going to look on my phone just to make sure I read them right, because my memory ain't great. He had, this year, had 16 goals, 36 assists for 52 points. You know, that's replaceable. 22 of those points, though, were on the power play. That's an important number. Then the thing that I don't have is his time on ice. He led the league, or at least led the Blues, in time on ice. He spent pretty close to 24 to 26 minutes a game on the ice, if not more. You take that away, now you need to replace that. But a smart person doesn't replace it with just one player. You replace it with two or three. First off, Colton Pareko, Colt 55, can step into that place. I, I have all the faith in him. I think that he's that guy. I really do. So what you have to do now is use your defenseman to bring up that space that Colton stepped up into. You need to use your bottom six, 
your bottom six forwards more, right? Get more people involved. And we have a good amount of young talent down on the farm. Let's use that to replace or replace the numbers of Petrangelo, not replace Petrangelo. His leadership, I think, can be taken over by O'Reilly. O'Reilly has definitely shown he's one of the top guys in the league. Um, the team follows around him. He's the first on the ice, last off the ice. He's the proverbial, you know, rah-rah guy. Let's see what he can do when it's all on him. We know at the beginning of 2018-19, there was some conflict in the locker room. That got resolved. So let's see what happens as we move on. Then we move to the draft. Now the Blues have, I think it's six or seven draft picks. They have a, a second round, two third rounds, a fourth round, a fifth round, and I think two seventh rounds. I think they don't have a second round and they don't have a sixth round or fifth round. One of those two is missing. With all of that being said, Right now, what's our most important, what, what area could we elevate the most? And I think that's goalie. There's a young goalie from Russia. I can't pronounce his name, and I'm not going to try to. Um, he's the 10th overall rated prospect. The chances of him being taken in the top 10, I don't think are that good. A lot of people see him falling somewhere between uh, 13 and all the way down to 23, 24. Well, that's on the area of the Blues pick. So jumping up into a spot to pick him may not be a bad idea. Bring him over here. He's already playing with men in Russia. Let's see what he can do. If he's that type, if he is a Martin Brodeur, uh, Patrick Waugh, or uh, Dominic Hasek type goalie, I'm all for it. Bring him in. Let's, let's see what we can do. Um, it might be that spark that helps this whole team out. As the draft comes, I hope to do a little another draft show. Um, I just did an interview with uh, Mike Liu, uh, hoping to get another interview with a forward who played during the Pavel Dimitri years. Um, hope to have that out this week if I can get it get the timing set. And I've still got my contest going on the Hawaii Blues Fan Clan. So guys, this is Guy, the Hawaii Blues Fan, saying aloha, mahalo, and Tom and Wags, you definitely gotta know that I am bleeding blue with you. Aloha. And you always got to love the Hawaii Blues fan. And uh, he makes he makes an interesting uh, point, you know, could the Blues take a goalie in the draft coming up here? I, 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 don't, I haven't really thought of that. I know they have Joel Hofer, who uh, is in the uh, world, uh, had a big breakout World Juniors performance uh, this past uh, this past winter. And but he's a long ways away. And, um, you know, I think the Blues uh, and Blues fans have to accept the fact that uh, we have another question mark in that, um, you know, and this is something that we should be used to. Um, and, you know, but we should also be used to the fact that goaltending is voodoo. And so 
you know, you may have a Jordan Bennington come out of nowhere and uh, have a hot run and, you know, lead your team to a cup, but it's what he does in years two, three, four, and five that make him a let, you know, make him a long-term guy, a long-term blue. And, you know, goalies can be just very volatile in general. And I, and I do agree with his assertion that if Petrangelo does go, I think it is Ryan O'Reilly as captain. I know Jim Thomas from the St. Louis Post-Dispatch had him on a couple weeks ago. He agreed that it, it probably should be O'Reilly as well. So um, coming up next, uh, we will have our uh, Blue Notes face-off of the week. It is Blues organist Jeremy Boyer. And uh, caught him right before he went out to a wedding this weekend. So uh, we chatted a little bit about the, again, about the bubble hockey and him not being in the arena while these games are going on, Stanley Cup memories, and just what got him in to being an organist as well as just uh, being a fan of, you know, the musical arts itself. So uh, we'll have Jeremy Boyer coming up right after we pay some bills right here on Blue Notes. This episode of the Blue Notes podcast is sponsored by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-belt grooming, offering precision-engineered tools for your family jewels. Got a crazy bush? You know if you trim your hedges, your tree stands taller. Have you ever wished she was smoother down there? She probably has too. If you're anything like me and or just not a neurosurgeon with a steady hand, you probably neglect below-the-belt. Manscaped has us covered. Millions of balls are about to be nick-free thanks to Manscaped advanced skin-safe technology. Manscaping accidents are finally a thing of the past. Whew! One of the coolest features is the LED light which illuminates growing areas for closer and more precise trimming. That's insane! If you're listening to me speak right now, you're one of the first people to hear about this life-changing product and I want you to experience it firsthand for yourself. Get 20% off plus free shipping when you use the promo code THPN at manscaped.com. Your balls will thank you. Get 20% off and free shipping again with promo code THPN at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com when you use the promo code THPN. The best in men's below-the-belt grooming. beautiful NHL 94 music means it is time for our blue notes face-off of the week and uh, we are pleased to be joined by the organist for the St. Louis Blues Jeremy Boyer Jeremy uh how you been lately I know uh the Blues are out of the playoffs now and uh so uh what are you up to lately I'm doing pretty good I played uh two blue our Cardinals doubleheaders this week so Kind of back into the swing of things after about a six-month layoff because of all the COVID stuff, but uh, um, otherwise doing pretty well. That's good. That's good. And let's let's go ahead and talk about uh, your history. You know, with you know, as an organist. I mean, first of all, what what got you interested in in the piano or organ, and where does where does your love for that for free mu- for music begin? Um, when I was in school, I was in band and I was in choir, and um, I just you know, my mom had played a little bit of organ before. I was born and 
uh, we had an organ at the house and I just kind of applied what I do from band and choir, learning music to the organ and uh, just kind of came in naturally after that. Um, I was in sports all through school. I played four sports a year. So just kind of the, the mix of the two was just kind of the perfect fit for me. And at what point did the you even think of be, being a blues organist? I mean, were, were you, a, uh, I know you're a big Norm Kramer fan, you know, the original blues organist, but uh, where did, where did that, where did that, at what point in your life did you say, I'm going to be a blues organist? Um, probably when I was in high school, I thought, you know, doing sports music would be kind of cool. Um, you know, you're in pep band for uh, basketball or, you know, marching band for football and those kinds of things. And, I enjoyed that, and, uh, you know, I listened to Ernie Hayes all growing up as a kid and got into a lot of what he played and would kind of listen for those subtle little things he would do uh, during a game to kind of make things interesting, and um, it's probably during high school that I really thought, you know, this might be something I could pursue one day. Yeah, absolutely, and, you know, did you go to a lot of blues games at the old arena growing up? So I think my, you know, like a lot of kids my age, uh, when we were growing up, you know, started following the team about the time Brett Hall got traded to St. Louis. Um, of course, he was a big uh, influence on a lot of kids and, you know, they grew up in the 90s, um, late 80s, 90s. And uh, that was probably about the time I started really falling in love with hockey and watching it a lot. Um, we grew up about an hour south of St. Louis. I grew up in, uh, in Potosi, Missouri. Yep. Um, so it was a bit of a drive to get to uh, the arena. So we didn't go. I, didn't get, I don't think I ever got to watch a game in the arena, but I did watch – you know, obviously a lot on TV, on KPLR or whatever the station was at the time. And uh, then when I got into high school and to drive myself, I'd go up and watch games at, at a Kill Center or Enterprise Center. And uh, that's kind of, you know, where I got to witness a little bit more firsthand. Yeah, and, you know, Ken Wilson, Joe Micheletti on KPLR, that's the voice of my childhood. You know, I watched a lot of blues games uh, and with, with those two as, as the voice of the blues. And uh, I miss Ken Wilson a lot, but that's, that's an aside. Um, but, um, you know, 80s and 90s, so there were a lot of great, great moments, you know, in blues history during that time. You had the Monday Night Miracle with Doug Wickenheiser. Uh, you had, you know, Wayne Gretzky coming to St. Louis. And then, of course, you know, up until today, you know, modern times when you had the Stanley Cup run. So, you know, just in your time as a Blues fan, like what what memories stick out to you the most? Like what's your, you know, like, and actually what's your favorite Blues memory? Um, I mean, the easiest one, of course, winning the Stanley Cup is, is forever and ever always going to be my, my favorite Blues memory. Just the whole run up to the Cup was, was an amazing, you know, experience. But, um you know, growing up, you know, watching, I remember I used to have, like, this, like, poster that I made on my wall, and I kept track of all the goals that the players had scored, and I remember, like, Jeff Brown having a great year one year and having a bunch of goals listed for Jeff Brown, which was, you know, kind of unusual because he's a defenseman, and um, so that was kind of cool, and, you know, I kept track, and, you know, you, I think McDonald's had, like, the big, the triple cheeseburger special for uh, <laughs> Brett Hall because of all the hat tricks, and uh, I mean, a lot of those things, and Curtis Joseph, and um, I love the 90s blues, Brendan Shanahan and Adam Oates and um, all those guys. It was a lot of fun playing. And I got, you know, you talked about 1994, the uh, NHL 94 or whatever uh, game, and I had that. And that was a big uh, influence musically, too, because, uh, you know, a lot of the organ music in that game. And it's kind of cool now because I'm in NHL. I've been in NHL series since, I think, 2013. Really? Um, doing all the blues stuff. Yeah, so if you go play the – EA Sports NHL series and you score a goal or whatever. So when the Blues go marching in is by me and my awesome. recording and then so let's go Blues at the end. So that's kind of cool, but 
you know, yeah, lots of lots of fun memories. The Gretzky trade in the '90s. Um, I'm I'm nostalgic for the the old clown jerseys just because that was all I knew. <laughs> you know, I mean, they always yeah. wore red in the jerseys whenever I was a kid, even if it was just the the striping, but. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, let's go back to the mid-90s. You, you mentioned, uh, um, you know, uh, the McDonald's, the you know, double cheeseburger thing. Did you ever have the Brett Hall comics that they sold at McDonald's? Uh, I do remember those. I do remember those, yeah. Yeah, I, 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 I had them for the longest time. And then I moved, and I, then I moved, and I lost them in a move somewhere. And I actually went on eBay and bought them back. You know, they're they're absolutely worthless, but it's just it's just one of those it's just one of those things that you know when you're growing up in the '90s, you know, that kind of sticks out to you, and just as a you know kind of a nice nice memory. And uh, uh, yeah, they're actually just off camera, just my right on the bookshelf there. Yeah. Um, and then and then of course I like you, I played a lot of NHL '94. Uh, were the Blues your team in NHL '94, or where, or did you have another go-to team? Um, I think I pretty much always was the Blues, but I did enjoy playing as the um, Hartford Whalers because I enjoyed <laughs> Brad Bonanza. Yes, and Brad Bonanza was their goal from. Yes, I love I, I love Brass Bonanza. That's actually up until recently was my ringtone, you know, for, yeah. for, for the longest time. It's so good. Um, and, and, and I'll admit, you know, I, I played a lot with the Blues and NHL 94, but my go-to team was Pittsburgh because Yager oh. and Lemieux were absolutely insane in that game. And yeah. I just I just love love, you know, doing those two, you know, those, those two breaking up in the ice. It was it was NHL 94. I have I could do a whole episode about NHL 94, but uh, um, we're not here for that. Uh, Jeremy Boyer, blues organist here joining us on blue notes. Um, so, you know, we, you got all this, you know, growing up with the blues and as a big fan, and then you got your musical love, you know, that's building up. Um, how were you able to parlay all this into the blues gig? I mean, how did you get the blues job? Well, I uh, went to Southeast Missouri state, my alma mater, um, when I was down there, I had emailed the baseball coach for the, you know, Seymour baseball and asked, Hey, could I come play, uh, Oregon for some games? You know, I kind of dabbled in it a little bit at that time. And he's like, sure, come on down. We'll see what you do. And I played a game and they loved it. And, uh, they wanted me to come back. And I pretty much played every female baseball game for the next, even after graduating for like six years. Really? Um, I played for, yeah, for basketball at the uh, show me center down there with the, the band, but when the, the band was out for, you know, winter break at college, sometimes the band director would say, hey, Jeremy, you want to fill in and play tonight? And I'd come in, I'd play for the college basketball games, and, you know, I knew the fight song, and I knew all these different things, so kind of got that experience, and then uh, after I graduated, like I said, I kept playing there at CMO, and I was living in Cape Girardeau and working in that area, and uh, a friend of mine who I'd gone to college with was interning in Memphis for the Memphis Redbirds, the Cardinals AAA team, and uh, they needed an organist, and she's like, hey, I know a guy, and by then I was already taking lessons with Ernie Hayes, and uh, they called me and said, you know, can you play Take Me Out to the Ball Game? Can you play Here Comes the King? I'm like, yeah, of course. So uh went down there, and I started playing in Memphis, and, uh, you know, I posted some videos of things I'd played in Memphis on YouTube, on my YouTube channel, and uh, I think the Blues came across that, and were interested in it, and uh, gave me a call, and had me come up and talk with them, and interview with them, and um, it just kind of clicked and it worked and they liked what I could do and um, what I could bring to the team. And they knew that they liked that I knew the traditions and I was a fan and it was just a, a good mix. 
So it was just you know, a good lesson, you know, just for anyone that's looking into, you know, like maybe I want to work for the Blues someday. You know, you're an example of putting in the work, you know, at college and then, you know, really just, just getting noticed. I mean, it, it's, it sounds, you know, your story kind of sounds like a uh, kind of a lucky break story, doesn't it? Yeah, a little bit. I mean, I definitely put in the time. I mean, I, you know, even now, like doing Cardinals games and stuff, you know, there's, there's players who I'll recognize from when I was in the minor leagues as well you know, earning my stripes, <laughs> who uh, I was down there with in, in Memphis and got to see play down there. And I do feel like I worked my way up a little bit because, you know, I started off in college football, basically, and went to, you know, the minor leagues. And I did my time there. And I probably spent more than I made trying to drive to Memphis and stay down there. And, you know, it was about that getting that experience and taking my lessons with Ernie Hayes. You you get the job as as the organist and and I, and my my co-host Wags who can't be here with us he underwent surgery this week but he asked me from his hospital bed to ask you what are some of the perks of being a blues organist? Um, I get to go to every game and I don't have to pay. I mean, I guess it's kind of <laughs> it's a great deal. Cool. Yeah, um, you know I mean I get to see the players sometimes. I usually don't bother them because they got a job to do. You know, but it's cool just to like get to be up close, you know, I'll see, you know, when Marty Broder was working with the team, it's like, that's Marty Broder. I walked in one time and Wayne Gretzky was getting to the arena. This is like early when I first started playing for the Blues. And uh, he was still coaching the Arizona Coyotes at the time and uh, came in. I'm like, okay, that's pretty cool. It's, that's Wayne Gretzky. So I, I stopped inside the security entrance and waited for him. He got out of his cab, comes in the security entrance. And I was like, Mr. Gretzky, can I, can I please get a picture with you? He's like, yeah, sure. And I'd ask the concession stand worker, I guess, walking by, a young kid. I was like, hey, can you get our picture together? And I had him handed him my phone and uh, or my camera. And he took the picture, but he goes, but first, before I take this, you got to tell me who this is. And I'm like, are you kidding me? And guess he goes, hi, I'm Brett Holt. Nice to meet you. <laughs> the kid had no idea the rest of the day. Gretzky never corrected himself. You know, you know he just went on as, hey, I'm Brett Holt. So that was, that was pretty cool. You know, I got to play on the, you know, the Blues were nice enough to let me play on the stage during the uh, Stanley Cup Parade rally underneath the arch, and that was pretty awesome, and being behind the full team while they are on the risers. So yeah. There's definitely some cool things. Yeah, I remember seeing the photos of you, uh, you know, on stage with the Stanley Cup. I mean, you know, uh, how, what was that like? I mean, just being uh, up on that stage in front of, you know, thousands of fans lifting the most you know, treasured trophy in sports? Uh, definitely a moment I'll never forget. You know, the Blues gave my family VIP passes to be like in the front too. So they're there. And if you look in the picture of me holding up the cup in the background, you see my family going crazy in the picture. Which is, <laughs> it's pretty cool. I mean, it's, it's pretty awesome. And then, you know, everybody's like, how heavy was the cup? Was it really heavy? I'm like, man, I didn't feel a thing. <laughs> it was yeah. nice. Yeah, it had to have been a great moment. Now, now you, you have experience, you know, being in front of a live crowd, obviously, because, you know, and part of that is because when you're at Enterprise Center, you're not like tucked away in a press box or, you know, in some secluded area. You're right out there with the fans. So is that the way you prefer it, being out there, you know, and feeling the energy of that crowd? Yeah, I love it. I love being out with the fans. I mean, I feel like I'm a fan, although I do have a job to do and I, I'm professional with how I handle that, but you know, getting to be out in the fans and you really get to feel how they're feeling and you can pour that into the, the emotion of what you're doing and what you're playing. And I feel like that's a more authentic experience. You really feel that, um, you know, I don't play anything the same way twice, I feel like. And, uh, you know, I feel like that 
depends on what's happening in the game, how the fans are feeling, how I approach that. You know, when we score a goal and it's six to nothing, it's not going to feel like it does when we've scored a goal in the last seconds of the third period. You're going to feel that difference, I feel like. And uh, that's some of that energy I draw from the fans around me. Yeah, and, and that kind of leads me to my next question. Going back to the Stanley Cup playoffs, like I remember – uh, you know, you were there for the for the watch parties, you know, for game seven. And, you know, the, it was a full crowd. I mean, there was no game on the ice, but there may as well have been with the way the end, the, that crowd was. I was in there as well. And, you know, so like w- when when everything's, you know, you know, going crazy and, you know, the clock's ticking down and the Blues are about to win the Stanley Cup, something that we've all waited our entire lives for. Is it harder or easier to play the organ whenever you got all this excitement and energy built up in you? I mean, you, you, just like the players, you thought about that most of your life, how that moment would be and how that would feel. Um, you're definitely, your heart's pounding in your chest, but uh, um, I felt like it was pretty easy. It was just, it was it just, you know, you kind of just let go. You don't think about it when you've done this so long and you play for so long, it just comes out of you naturally. And it just poured out of me whenever I got to play. It was just, you know, exuberation. And I kind of felt like I, that came out in my music as well, but uh, it was just, definitely a special moment yeah it looked like you were having fun that night and uh you know that that's that's probably got to be what top three top five all time you know moments for you as a you know not just as an organist but as a fan yeah absolutely top maybe the top i mean right there yeah, I mean, I, I mean, Stanley, uh, you know, blue Stanley Cup wins don't come around often, so you know, I, I definitely, I definitely get that. But uh, now, now we got to, you know, bring the energy down just a little bit because, of course, we got to talk about COVID. You know, you know, it took away the organist chair from you. You know, as the season, you know, as the season kind of wound down. Uh, I did see you did some, uh, you know, videos from home. You know, while the Blues were in the playoffs this year. Um, but how much did you miss being an Enterprise? You know, during the playoffs. Oh, absolutely. I mean, it is, it's, it's cool to be there, obviously, and you to do something you love, but you miss all the people that are around you, you know, and it really is like a family. And for the season ticket holders, they know I, you know, how I, what I'm talking about. And even just some of the, uh, the other workers around the building you get to see every night and you miss that camaraderie with them. And, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it's different whenever it's not, you know, you're playing a home game and it's cool that they they involve the organist, but uh, it, you'd much rather have been there in person. Yeah, definitely. But, you know, it, did, did you think it was a nice gesture that they still involved you and they involved Charles Glenn, you know, so at the very, I mean, even though you can't, you know, be there in person, at least you were still part of the product. Yeah, absolutely. I feel like, I feel like that's, you know, it was a nice gesture by the NHL to, to invite the organists and the anthem singers. And, and it did make it feel a little bit more like home, I guess, getting to hear that. Um, in the building at Rogers place. And, uh, but, um, you know, yeah, you'd have, you'd absolutely rather been there in the building at, at your arena in St. Louis. Yeah. I can't wait to go to blues games again. It's, it's been far too long. I'm, I'm jonesing here, like really bad for some live hockey. You know, I do, yeah. I do, pub, I do public address from a Kendry hockey and I don't know if they're going to have a season or not, you know, but you know, I, I hope they do just so I can at least be just near an ice again, you know, the, the, the coldness of the ice and, and, you know, even just, just the atmosphere of it. I, I miss it so much. Um, yeah. But, you know, I, but, you know, it, we have to endure. We have to live in this COVID era. Uh, era. So, how have you been occupying your time? I, I know you, you, we, you did a couple Cardinals games this week. Yeah. Um, so, I also work full time for St. Francis of Assisi, the Catholic Church 
in South County off Telegraph, and uh, okay. that's like my full-time, full-time job, so it's always organ music all the time, so I play all their masses, and even over the, the lockdown, we were doing live stream masses, and I was, it was like literally like me and uh, my wife who sings with me and the priest. I mean, there's three people in the whole church, and we live stream it, so even during the lockdown, I was still going in and working and doing what I'm supposed to do, and uh, that's continued, obviously, now, and now there's more masses, and there's more people who are able to attend, and um, so still keeping busy on that front with uh, my full-time job. But yeah, this past week playing uh, two double headers for the Cardinals at Bush Stadium um, was pretty cool. It was different. I mean, there's a little bit of a slice of normalcy for the fact that you know you're around at least in the scoreboard room with the other people you're used to working with there. But it was different walking through the concourse and there's nothing. It's almost apocalyptical, you know, just to see everybody gone and their yeah. game being played yeah it was very surreal watching thursday night like the chiefs for instance they just won the super bowl and they only had fifteen thousand people at arrowhead it's just it just it's just a weird time we're living in right now um but i i know some things are kind of you know getting back to i don't want to say normal but we're at least like taking a step towards where we were before march and i'm actually holding you from going to a wedding right now to uh to perform there but i want to finish off here with some rapid fire questions um you know real quick uh, first things first, your favorite song to play? Um, it's got to be When the Blues Go Marching In. I know that's probably a little cheesy, but, man, it doesn't get much better than that. I feel like after a goal or a big moment or after a win, uh, I love playing it. Uh, favorite current player? Oh, man. Uh, I love Jordan Bennington. I know that he probably rather had a better postseason this year, but uh, I love the fire that he has and his attitude and um, – is kind of doesn't take any crap kind of nonsense, you know, any nonsense kind of attitude. And um, I like that. I like that fiery uh, competitiveness in Jordan Bennington. Uh, fa- a favorite uh, retired player. I know you mentioned a few names earlier. Uh, Pronger, maybe. Same same thing. I like his fiery play and uh, what he brought and his tenacity to the game. I uh, loved watching him play. Uh, your favorite era of hockey? Do you prefer the current game or do you prefer the old, the, the older style? I don't know. Um, I think they each have their uh, their benefits, maybe. And uh, but you know, I grew up in the mostly in the you know the '90s and um, loved watching that style of hockey too. But uh, yeah, I, I, either way, I love just I just love watching hockey. Uh, your favorite musician? Ooh. Uh, that's tough. That's like picking between children. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know if I could narrow it down to just one. I love, you know, lots of different styles and genres of music, and it would be tough to just narrow it down to one. I mean, I, love, there's, I could be listening to Mozart one second, and then the next second, Snoop Dogg comes on. <laughs> it's just like, it's all over the place for me. Mozart to Snoop Dogg, you know, you know, the, the, the best musicians pick from a wide variety of musical backgrounds to take inspiration from. So I like that. I like that a lot. Um, favorite restaurant that no one knows about. Um, I really like, um, um, let me think. Uh, Smokey Robinson's is a place that was uh, in Cape Jer- in, in Kimswick. Um, now they're in Peavey, Missouri. I live down around Kimswick, Missouri. And uh, great barbecue. They have great smoked meats. Um, right now they're at, uh, I think, Highway Z, not far from I-55. Okay. 55 to Z. And uh, they're in Peavey, and they're just right there on the corner. And, you know, uh, 
a couple I know who owns the place, and man, their smoked meat is just, it's great. Barbecue is outstanding. Definitely would recommend you guys, if you're around that area, to go by and check them out. Yeah, I actually spent some time growing up in Peevely, and I know exactly where you're talking about. So I'm going to have to I'm have to check that out. I'm actually heading down to Bon Terre after we do, we're done recording, so I may have to swing by there uh, along the yeah. way. Um, and then finally, the, the, the most important question of all, if you're, if, if, if you're in the St. Louis area, Provel cheese, yay or nay? I don't mind Provel cheese, but not to disappoint a lot of St. Louisans. I don't like thin crust. They have okay. a thicker crust pizza, so, but Provel's, it's fine. Okay, because you know that's the most divisive question of all among among St. Louisans and in out of towners is you know it, it, you either love it or hate it it seems and you 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 seem to be in a in a, in a like it not love it category so that's that's fair that's fair uh, I'm yeah. I'm I'm actually right alongside you I think I think Provel's fine um, but that's uh-huh. just me that's just me anyway Jeremy uh, Jeremy Boyer Blues organist uh, anything you want to promote where can we find you uh, online uh, Jabs Music J A B S Music on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, same thing for YouTube, youtube.com slash jabs music. Um, you find content there. Or you can reach out to me if you have questions or sometimes I'll get requests and sometimes I'll play them. Sometimes it just depends on what it is. Um, but uh, that's the best way to get a hold of me. All right, Jeremy Boyer, Blues Organist. Hope to see you performing again at Enterprise Center sooner rather than later. And hopefully we're all, you know, safe and okay and everything is going to be fine. Let's just, let's just hope anyway. Uh, yeah, absolutely. All right. Thanks a lot, bud. Thank you. Did you know that your favorite band also loves your favorite hockey team? If you love hockey and you love music, you're going to love Bar Down Breakdown, a podcast that explores the crossover between alternative music and the sport we love, hockey. Every NHL player wants to be in a band. And every band guy wants to be an, 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 you know, a pro athlete. With guests from all over the globe, come along with us as we interview some of the most captivating names in alternative music and talk about why we love hockey and how it's influenced us. You know, there was a, for a few seconds, I thought, of like, well, maybe we should wear a Montreal jersey. Then the NHL was like, mm, I think you should stay neutral. <laughs> and we're like, yeah, yeah, you know what? You're probably right. So tune in every Tuesday on the Hockey Podcast Network where we'll have a brand new guest and a unique look into the bridge between hockey and music. And welcome back to Blue Notes here. As uh, By the way, I wanted to uh, take this time to uh, mention that, you know, in case you were listening to the Jeremy Boyer interview and you were wondering, uh, hey, wait a sec, uh, what, Brett Hall Comics, what is he talking about? These, the golden adventures of Brett Hall um i plucked these off of ebay like i said i think i got all three of them for like 10 bucks um they individually go i think for about three to five bucks on ebay as we speak so in just case you're wondering uh they're still out there in the wild uh the golden adventures of brett hall and and the whole i remember the comics i'm not going to open these because these are still sealed from the 90s like they're going to skyrocket in value or something but um they featured uh, Brett Hall, I guess, you know, getting amnesia or something. And then he ends up going to the future where hockey is played by robots. And he's got to literally, I think, save the world or save the St. Louis Blues from annihilation. Or it, it's weird. It, it's it's also been a long time since I actually read the comics. But uh, there you go. The Golden Adventures of Brett Hall. Pick them up on eBay. They are still cheap. Even after all this time, they were 99 cents when you... 
when you went to McDonald's and they have not appreciated much in value. Let's just say that. So, um, you know, uh, we're going to move on now to uh, the Garage Happy Hour with Tom Ackerman this week featured uh, Bob Plager and Barrett Jackman. And um, it was a it was a, just a good catch up conversation. Again, as I said earlier, these Garage Happy Hours are just kind of a friendly chat. You know, Tom Ackerman has a beer. Uh, I think Barrett Jackman and uh, Bob Plager were uh, drinking some Bud Light seltzers. At least Jackman was anyway. I don't know if Plager's a drinker or not. Um, but uh, it was a good conversation, and I'm going to play some clips from that here. Um, and the first clip I'm going to play is uh, Tom Ackerman talking to uh, Bob Plager about the Stanley Cup run. And i got to warn you before uh, we play this, Bob Plager's audio had some issues. Um, it, you can still hear him. You can still understand him. Uh, but it was like he was sitting on his lapel mic or something. I don't know what the heck happened. Um, but you can you can hear him. It's just I'm gonna warn you though, it's not the greatest quality. So, but let's go ahead and. But it's Bob Plager. So we we're gonna give Bob Plager the benefit of the doubt here. So here's Bob Plager on the reflecting on the Stanley Cup run. Well, I'm still riding the wave. It's, uh, it's still good everywhere you go. It's I don't think the people. Yeah, we got beat out early. But we're still talking about uh, the Stanley Cup and. Uh, you know what has happened and gone on this year uh this to get beat out i think it's a big learning lesson for a lot of the players too it's uh, you know uh, you, you got to take something from it and i'm sure our players did and, uh, plus there's a few things we have to work on now like the management is seen well we're not going to go any further we're going to have to some holes we got to fill up but, uh, oh, it, it was great it's uh, been a strange year but so you'll always remember 2020. I said, no, no, I'll remember 2019. <laughs> yeah, that's absolutely Bob, Bob, right. Bobby still hasn't paid for a meal, so it's good. <laughs> and never <laughs> will again. Ain't that the truth? Yeah, Bob Plager should never pay for a meal ever again, seriously. Um, and as you heard, Barrett Jackman's audio sounds fine, and here is Jackman talking about the cup run. Uh, how satisfying was that, Jax, to see him finally lift that beautiful Stanley Cup? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, you know, we were together in, in Boston for that game seven. And uh, yeah, I think Bobby put on probably about uh, 25,000 steps just pacing the uh, the corridors, just uh, waiting for that final moment. Uh, you know, looking back, he was he was sitting on the couch uh, uh, when the Blues went up by uh, by a couple and, you know, finally told him, like, Bobby, get down there. You, you got to be there when uh, when it's hoisted. And uh, it was pretty special for uh, for all of us to to see Bobby, who uh, you know put the the blood, sweat, and tears into this team for so long, that yeah, uh, he was a big part of it. Well, you know, as special as it was for me, and when I was on the ice, you're running around, it was, and you're looking up, and it's special. But you take a minute and start to think now how special it was. The city, and uh, there's been fans around here since day one, in 40 years, 50 years. So my mind went to them and all of that. What as great it was for me. It's so special for those people. And then you got to spend some time with that cup, didn't you, Bobby? Well, I spent some time there. I went all over with it. Yet I just, and it was all over the city. I don't know what place it was that. Uh, and I had my friend with me, Chaser, and I had my other guy. Well, he was with me, and he wasn't. He was there, and he wasn't. Brett Hull. So uh, <laughs> we'd lose him every once in a while. Depending on how late the uh, the cup was out, right? Oh, gosh, Brett Hall. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he's a legendary all-time drunk, and you, you got to love Brett Hall. I mean, he was my idol growing up, and uh, God, his the, the only 
it, Brett Hall's, you know, drunken exploits after the Blues won the Cup were just about as legendary as the Cup win itself and everything that went into it. You got to love it. Um, you know, another thing that, uh, you know, they talked about a little bit, and, and this is kind of an interesting angle here. So, you know, we often heckle fans of newer teams for not knowing hockey, not knowing how to support hockey and watch hockey. Uh, you know, we, you know, you, you get Vegas fans get heckled a lot. Seattle fans are going to get heckled a lot. We still pick on Nashville, although in some cases that's rightfully so. But uh, uh, here, uh, Bob Plager recounts how he had to help educate St. Louisans on hockey in the late 60s and early 70s when the Blues came to be at all. So let's go ahead and hear from that. 50-plus years ago when you broke in with the organization that this city didn't know a lot about hockey. I mean, there was some hockey history, but you really had to teach. And you actually literally did teach, didn't you, Bob? Teach people well, the game? Well, I know our first year we came in, you know, people here was 4,000 people, 5,000 people, that building that went on. And uh, towards the end, we won some big games. People got uh, more involved. Uh, you know, in going to the finals, uh, Stanley Cup finals, the second year, third year, if you know who is responsible big time for hockey here and the people learning, we didn't televise games. Maybe 11 games were televised here. Dan Kelly, the way he announced the hockey game, the way he was, people, in fact, everybody I talked to now, when they were little kids, they had their transistor radio, they listened in the KMOX, they listened on the uh, radio, they listened to the game. Uh, Dan Kelly, and the way he announced it, you were there. So we did our job on the ice with Dan Kelly. I mean, he was a big reason why these fans came in there. Dan did a great job. We played terrible on the road. We'd have a bad game on the road. We'd come back and people say, you guys were robbed. You had a chance. Well, you guys played good. You just fucked Dan. You did it again. You made the sound good. Dan Kelly, what went on here? It was a love affair. The Solomon that I had it here. The singing that came into it. After every time we won a championship, we sent something. Come back. The airport is packed. People are there. And it was... No, it's, it's great ride. Yeah, and Dan Kelly is the uh, former uh, radio announcer for the St. Louis Blues. I also did some TV as well. And um, you may not know Dan Kelly if you don't live in St. Louis or are not a Blues fan, but Dan Kelly was basically, as, as Plager said, he was the teacher of hockey for a lot of St. Louisans that grew up in the uh, 70s and, and, even, and you know up until he uh, retired and eventually passed in the late 80s. So, yeah, Dan, Dan Kelly is the man around here in St. Louis. They named the press box after him, actually. And uh, his son, John, is the TV guy for the St. Louis Blues now. He's alongside Darren Pang, and uh, that's one of the best pairings in hockey. And I don't just say that as a Blues fan. I say that as a hockey fan in general. Panger's great. Uh, Kelly's probably top 10. Uh, I think, that's, I think he, that's a pretty safe top 10 for, for John Kelly. Uh, and then finally here, um, uh, you know, both wore number five for St. Louis. Uh, Bob Plager's number wasn't retired for the longest time. When Jackman came into the league, he took number five. And um, I always found that kind of curious, you know, just because of who Bob Plager was. Of course, Bob Plager eventually got his number retired after Jackman left town. But uh, yeah, here's the two of them talking a little bit about how Jackman ended up with the number five. And uh, turns out Plager did have a little... Uh, a little something to do with it. Barrett, you two have a special relationship wearing the same number 
Um, how far back do you go? Do you recall the first time that you met Bob Plager? <laughs> yeah, the first time I met Bob was at the draft in Boston. And, uh, you know, after the, uh, uh, you know, he was part of uh, some of the meetings that were going on uh, before that. But, uh, you know, he uh, he welcomed my uh, my family, my mom and my sisters into uh, to one of the suites in the hotel after the game. And uh, all the brass were there and a bunch of the scouts and, you know, Bobby was coming over, telling some true stories to my mom, and had her rolling. And uh, but uh, he made us all feel very comfortable uh, from day one. So we definitely uh, owe him a lot to to you know make the uh, transition to St. Louis pretty uh, you know pretty easy for me. Well, I've known Brad uh, long before I met him. Uh, one of our scouts, Pat Janelle, was our scout. He was a good friend of mine, a good hockey player, the toughest there was, and a great coach and uh, scouting for us and. Long before I met him, Patty uh, Janelle said there's a player. I don't know if we'll get him, but he's full-time hockey. Your brother would love this guy. would love the way he played. Uh, so it's uh, very special. And we get drafted, and Patty was the happiest guy in the building when we drafted him. So I watched him play, and, uh, and because of Patty Janelle, he was a friend of mine. And, uh, you know what was, my number was? The number five was there. So it was great. It was nice to go there and watch Number five mm-hmm. on the ice. You worry about your number. You don't say no. But you have a number. And you're only, who's going to wear the number next? Who's going to wear it next? And, uh, you know, it wasn't being used. So he's the right guy to get it. It's not Where like my means? brother Bart. When Bart first retired there, he retired. Number eight was worn by Steve Durbano. So after that, we figured we got to retire Bart's number. <laughs> That's a funny part at the end there. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Barclay, they retired his number pretty quickly once, you know, that that no-name got his no, uh, uh, number. But Barrett Jackman, he served the number five well in St. Louis, and I and I think most Blues fans uh, would, would definitely agree on that. So, um, again, there's a lot more of that conversation with those two and Tom Ackerman that you can uh, watch uh, at your own time. Uh, we have the link in the description uh, of this uh, podcast uh, below. So feel free to watch that. And in the meantime, that's going to do it. Oh, wait, no, we actually one more thing before we go real quick. So, of course, Blue Notes is a part of the Hockey Podcast Network family. And uh, very recently, uh, we had Hurricane Laura come through and just devastate western Louisiana. And, of course, you know, your first thought might be, why am I talking about this? There's no hockey in western Louisiana or Louisiana, period. We do have um, a couple of New Orleans hosts. In fact, Trainwreck is from New Orleans. Uh, Devin Snow, who hosts Rippin' Biscuits, is also uh, in New Orleans. And uh, he and Trainwreck are part of the uh, Hold the Mayo uh, uh, website and online enterprise. Um, but on Rippin' Biscuits, which is the hockey show that Devin hosts here for the Nashville Predators, his co-host is a man named Craig Granger. And uh, Craig Granger, uh, he lives in Lake Charles. And I'm going to show you um, why I'm mentioning him here. Um, he lost his home. Uh, he, he lost his home in Hurricane Laura. Uh, he was one of, the, one of many that suffered just catastrophic damage when the eyeball passed over, uh, over his home in uh, Lake Charles and we want to help him get back on his feet. He's a good guy. Uh, he's a, he's a crazy, uh, he's a, he's a crazy, crazy redneck, but you know, he's, he's our redneck and our, and we, and we love the guy. 
And uh, so what we did uh, for uh, the Hockey Podcast Network, we set up a GoFundMe to raise money for uh, for whatever he needs to get back on his feet. Um, you know, he his family, his two cats lost their home. Um, and we just, you know, a little bit goes a long way. You know, we, we've had, you know, a couple $10, $20 donations, heck, $5. He'd be even happy with that. But uh, we would like to see... Um, see him get back on his feet again and uh he would do the same if it was for you know me or wags or train wreck or you know anyone else within the uh the hockey podcast network family so um all you need to do is go to gofundme i'll link it in the description as well um for the uh for the podcast and then when i do the uh um you know final videos for this on youtube and facebook uh just go to gofundme and type in lake charles granger relief fund and just Help out if you can. I mean, you don't have to offer much. Again, this, you know, he uh, whatever it costs for a pack of smokes, I'm sure he'd be he'd be happy to have from you. So um, let's help him get back on his feet. But in the meantime, that'll do it uh, for me. Uh, I want to thank you for listening and watching because without you, there is no me. There is no Wags, who we'll hopefully have back soon. There is no Trainwreck, who we'll hopefully have back soon. And there is no Blue Notes. I'm Tom Franklin reminding you to not be a chump and always play to the whistle. Let's go ahead and play out this episode with a little bit of uh, some Jeremy Boyer magic. You hear uh, this at the end of every Blue Notes episode lately, and uh, it is Jeremy Boyer himself playing the Blues March. You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk covering every team in the NHL. New episodes every Monday. Download at the hockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from.